In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Congratulations. Uh, tomorrow is the start of the great Lent. And so the purpose of the readings of today are to prepare us for this period of, of fasting. And that's why this Sunday is called Preparation Sunday. It's called Preparation Sunday. And the Gospel of today, the Lord Jesus Christ, He talks about the three pillars of Christian life. The three pillars of Christian life, which are almsgiving, prayer, and fasting. And I think if one were to examine their life, I think, unfortunately, we might find ourselves lacking in almsgiving, prayer, and fasting. And, and it's not just enough to do these things. You know, we might examine, we see that we're lacking, but it's not even just enough to do these things. Because the Lord wasn't telling His people that they need to do more almsgiving, or that they need to do more prayer, or they need to do more fasting. Because they were already doing those things. They were already doing it. And the Lord, He didn't want His disciples to outgive, you know, the Pharisees, or to outpray the Pharisees, or to outfast the Pharisees. And that's why the Lord, He praised the widow... Of the two mites, right? Because she gave a little, but the Lord saw that her giving was actually more, even though it was little, was actually more than the rich who put in all of their their wealth into the treasury. So it wasn't about the quantity. And even the, the Lord, He gave a parable about the Pharisee and the tax collector and the publican. And the Pharisee... You said a very nice prayer, said, I thank you, God, that I'm not like all these evil people. No, they're not evil. I'm not like all these evil people, the robbers and the adulterers, or even that tax collector. I fast twice a week. I already fast. I do all the things, and I do all the good things, and I give a tenth of everything that I have. So I give, and I tithe, and I fast, and I pray, and I'm doing all those things. And then they said, this tax collector came and he just beat his chest and would not even look up to heaven. And he said, God have mercy on me, a sinner. And the Lord said, this man went justified more than the Pharisee. So it wasn't about the amount or the, uh, the length of prayer or the, it's not about those things. Actually, the Lord, he was focusing on something called intention. What is your Intention, intention. We might give alms, we might come to liturgy, we might do a lot of things, we might fast, the great fast, the whole fast. But what is your intention? What are your motivations? The motivation of this period should be to be with our Heavenly Father. And the whole point of the Sermon on the Mount, the whole point of the Sermon on the Mount, is our Lord is telling us the pathway to the Father and the pathway to the Kingdom. So he's trying to take us to the Father. And that's why in the end he said, the Lord's Prayer starts our Father. He's trying to take us to our Father. And so we go through all of these things, like Lent and all these things that we're about to do. But sometimes these religious practices of almsgiving, fasting, and prayer, they don't feed our spirituality, they actually feed our ego. They feed our ego. They feed our ego. And that's why many people, including myself, struggle in like the 50 days. 
Because during the period of fasting, we're fasting, we're coming to liturgies, we're doing matanyas, we're doing all of these wonderful things. And then we get to the 50 days, and then all we do is non-stop. And we forget all the virtues that we, that we did. And we think we were, became virtuous because we were doing like matanyas and we were doing all of these things. Doing things like this doesn't make you virtuous. I mean, it does, but it doesn't at the same time. It's about the intent. It's about the intent. The religious life is not just a series of commands that we complete for the sake of completing, just like for completion. The Jews, they became machines, and they were fulfilling the law, but they were not thinking about the intent of the law. And not thinking about the intent of the law. And that's why when the disciples, they were going to pluck heads of grain, the Pharisees said, Oh, they're breaking the law. And the Lord told, him, told them, they don't intend to break the law. They're not meaning to break the law. They're just hungry. They're just hungry. He said, you would have not condemned the guiltless if you know the intention the intention is very important. The intention is very important. And that's why he said, if you have a sheep that falls into a pit on the Sabbath, would you not pick him up? He says, of course you would. Are you breaking the law? He says, you're not intending to break the law. I'm just getting a sheep out of the pit. So intentions matter. Intentions are very, very important. And that's why in the court of law, even in this country... <laughs> There's first degree murder, second degree third murder, third degree murder. And the difference between all of those types of things is intent. How much intent did you, did you really mean to do it? Did you premeditate? Did you do all the, the first degree? If you didn't, oh, maybe you, you can come down. And so what I'm trying to say is even in the court of law, you will be judged for your intent. How much more will you be judged for your intent in the heavenly courtroom? In the heavenly, on the judgment day, God will judge us for our intent. Whether we realize it or not, every action that we do is preceded by intent. There is a thought, there is something that is driving us into action. And following the action, there is a consequence. So intention, you could say, is the root of everything. So to say another way, like our intentions lead to our actions, and our actions have consequences. So the intention is the root. Our intentions are, are important because they affect our actions. They affect our actions. And Ananias and Sapphira, Ananias and Sapphira, they did a good action, actually. They sold their land, and they brought their money, and they brought it to the apostles. That's very nice. That was very good. Thank God. They, they sold their land. and they, But they had bad intent. Bad intent. And they lied to the Holy Spirit. And so God judged them for it. So good actions, even with poor intent, is not acceptable to, to God. God judged them based on their intentions that they were keeping for themselves. And they hid something in their heart. They had a bad intent. I was reading an article this morning on how intentions affect outcomes. And some brilliant psychologist, he did a very fascinating experiment. He put two groups of people and he gave them both the same piece of candy. But with one group, he would give a nice note to them. 
and it would say, like, I pick this just for you. I hope it makes you happy. And he would give, like, write this beautiful note and give them the piece of the candy. And then to another group, he said, this uh, this is irrelevant, just enjoy it. Or, like, had a, like, a distasteful and something just repulsive and just gave them the candy. And then he asked the people at the end, tell me, like, what did you think of the candy? The people who received, like, like received the candy with good intention, they felt the candy was sweeter, they felt the candy tasted better, they felt a lot of things, like the candy was great. It's the same candy. But what's the difference? One with good intention. One with good intention, it tastes different. And I feel like in the liturgy, there might be two people sitting right next to each other. It's the same candy. It's the same liturgy. One benefits. The other... Two people in Sunday school, two people in the servant, two people in the same place. One benefits, the other one naimin. Hey, kidda. It does like one is benefiting, one is not. One is not. Why? Intention makes all the difference. Intention makes all the difference. Another fascinating experiment that this psychologist did was he asked partners to shock themselves. Like one spouse would shock the other. It's a great experiment. And... There were three different groups. The first group had no idea that they were going to get shocked. Like the one spouse kept it secret and just shocked the other one. The second one, the second group, they, they knew they were going to get shocked, but just for like no good reason. And the third group was told they were going to be shocked and they were going to receive a huge reward. And at the end, when they compared their responses... The last group, even though it was the same voltage, even though it was the same duration, even though it was the same everything, the third group said, the shock didn't hurt. The shock was was like, it didn't bother me. Because they had the promise of the, the reward. They saw something good was going to come from this shock. And they saw that there was good intention behind this shock. And so one of the beautiful things that I see from here is that I think we can learn like an important, important parental lesson. Like when we discipline our kids, make sure the intention of our discipline is rooted in love. Make sure the discipline is rooted in love. So give them a punishment, but say the punishment calmly and say, I love you. And don't cuss at them, don't beat them, don't, don't do those things because that's confusing. Then that's like, where's your intention? But as you discipline, you say, I love you. <coughs> Sophia, I love you, go to time out. Kidda. That's what I like to do. You're going straight to time out. The same principle, though, applies to our Heavenly Father. If we believe God has good intention, we believe God has good intention, and that He is the giver of all good things, and that He loves us, then we can look at all the trials in the world, all the tribulations, all the pain, all the suffering that we face, and it might hurt, but we say, it doesn't hurt as bad. Because I know there's something bigger coming for me. I know there's something better for me. And this was the message that St. Paul, he gave in Hebrews chapter 12. He said, furthermore, we had human fathers who corrected us. Our human fathers corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to our Father, our Heavenly Father? 
For indeed, the few days chastened us seemed best to them. Like our fathers, they, they chastened us, they punished us, and it seemed best to them. But it was for our profit, it was for our profit, that we may become partakers of His holiness. So our intentions can affect our actions, and they can affect our reward. And that's why the Lord said, if we give, if we pray, if we fast, to be seen by others... And just to stroke our own ego, he said, you have your reward. You've been paid in full. The meaning of that phrase says, you've been paid in full. You won't get anything else. But if you do it in secret, if you keep it on the lowdown, if you don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, then he said, then your father who sees in secret will reward you openly, openly. So our intentions are very important. I want to close with like two important scenarios that we always face about intentions. Let's say, for example, I come to church with the wrong intentions. I come to church for the wrong intentions. To see girls, to do whatever, to put manzar, to do whatever. Should, does that mean that I shouldn't come to church? Does that mean that I should, because I have the wrong intentions? Because we're stressing intention. Intention is so important. Does that mean then I shouldn't come to church if I have the wrong intention? I think I would say no, because how would one expect to change their intention? <laughs> how would you expect to change your intention? You might have the wrong intentions. You might fast just because Mabuna's going to say, you have to fast, and you do it, just out of obedience. But intention will come later. Intention will come later. If you had a broken car, wouldn't you take it to the mechanic? Or you just let it sit by us in the parking lot? You would take it to the mechanic. If your will is broken, come to the church and say, Your will be done. Your will be done. So come to the church, and the church can fix our will. The church can change our intentions. And the more we surround ourselves in a holy atmosphere, and in a holy environment, the more we surround ourselves in prayer, and then our intentions can change. Then our intentions can change. I'm sure the disciples, when they first joined the Lord Jesus Christ, what were their intentions? Were there pure intentions, like pure, pure? I think they had some sense that they were all going to become like, you know, kings or they were going to become, here's the Messiah. And, we're, and they had maybe some wrong intentions. Did the Lord tell them from the beginning, oh, your intentions are wrong, cast them out? And even when the Lord told St. Peter about his cross and St. Peter said, no, 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 no. I don't want you guys moving ever again. I love you. <laughs> so even when St. Peter was saying something like, uh, when St. Peter was doing something against even the will of God, his intention was not right. His intention was not right. The Lord Jesus Christ was patient with them, was very patient with them, and tried to tell them, your intentions will be purified. Your intentions will be purified. And that's why I love what we pray in the conclusion of every hour. Cleanse our bodies 
conduct our thoughts, purify our intentions, purify our intentions. Sometimes I feel as a priest and even as like the deacons, sometimes it's very difficult to put on like even the tonyas. Why? Because this tonya is like symbol of like purity. This is a symbol that we are like the angels. And I look at my life and I say, uh oh, I'm not like the angel. I'm not like the angels. And then the, the, this passage today warned of hypocrisy and said, don't be like the hypocrites who stand on, on the street corners. And wearing, like, a hypocrite is someone who wears a mask, someone who's just coming, just lil manzar. So sometimes, I feel, especially as deacons, we carry this great burden on our shoulder that sometimes we don't feel worthy to be deacons. But I was reading something the other day that was very comforting that I want to share to you. It said, it should be known that there are some who wear the dress of sanctity and, not are, and are not able to work out the merit of perfection. They are not able to work out the merit of perfection. Like I wear white, but my life is not white. My life is not white. Yet those yet who must in no wise be numbered among the hypocrites. Even though I'm not perfect, I shouldn't be numbered among the hypocrites. Why? Because it is one thing to sin from weakness and to admit my weakness, and there is another way to sin from crafty deception. So if the deacon is wearing his tonya to deceive and to put show, this would be like hypocrisy. But if the deacon is conscious of, or the priest is conscious of his sin, he can wear the tonya without feeling that he is a hypocrite. The other words, are you intentionally and deceptively covering your sin? Or are you admitting your sin? Are you admitting your weakness? In the church, we should all come admitting our weakness. Admitting, we're not here to put on shows and to put on... We come say that we are, we are sinners. The other scenario that I think we need to speak about so much is that sometimes we have intention, but we have no deeds to show for our intentions. And intention without deeds is meaningless. Intention without deeds is meaningless. For example, the other day I saw a pile of dishes piling up in my sink. And I looked at it, and I said, it would be nice to do those dishes. But then I looked at the watch, and it was 10 o'clock. So I said, I'm going to go to sleep. I had a good intention. The good intention doesn't clean the dishes. The dishes listed are still there. So intentions doesn't, like, at some point, there's, it's not worth very much. Intentions are nice, but unless they turn to action, it's not going to benefit you. I had intentions this week to go exercise. I didn't. <laughs> the intention is not going to keep me skinny. You know, it's not enough to just have good intentions. Intentions need to be tied to good actions. They need to be tied to good actions. That's why... St. James in his epistle, he said, If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and be filled, he says, But you do not give them the things of which are needed for the body. He says, What does it profit them? 
What does it do? You had a good intention. You said, God bless you, be warm, be filled. Rabbana khaliq, very nice. You had a good intention, but the intention by itself doesn't, needs to be translated to like good actions. It needs to be translated to good actions. And that's why the Lord like kind of rebuked the disciples. He said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The flesh is weak. The flesh is weak. You can have good intentions, but if the flesh is weak, not going to count for very much. This time in our fast, let us purify like our intentions. Let us purify our intentions. And let's resolve to do these things that are... So, these are the pillars of Christianity. To do almsgiving. Everyone thinks to themselves, how am I doing almsgiving? You know, the hymns in all the great Lent are, Blessed are those who give to the poor and fast and pray. That's what we say every week. Does, do we give to the poor? Do we fast? Do we pray? Do we do these things? We need to like, purify our intentions. I'll leave with one thing that St. John Chrysostom said that I loved so much. He said, intention is like a sailboat. He said, it's like a sailboat. He said, you're on a boat, right? He said, intention is putting up the sails on the sailboat. And then once you put up intention, when you are intent on living a Christian life, you put the sail up, guess what's going to happen? The wind's going to come and it'll push you along. And this is the grace of God that will push you and will carry you and support you. And you, you, you don't know why you're moving, but you're going to find out that you're moving. But what's the difference? You have to put the sail up. You have to be intent to put the sail up. If you don't put the sail up, the wind will blow and you won't move. So this time, this period of fasting, let's be intent. Let's be intent in our repentance. Let's be intent on our almsgiving. Let's be intent in our prayers and our fasting. And glory be to God forever. Amen.